This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 59. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here today to talk to you on the podcast. I have been doing a lot of coaching the last few days, and so I've gotten to talk to a lot of our other veterinary friends. And I don't know if these people listen to the podcast, but I'm just very excited to be coaching people in this profession. It's so much fun. It is really a calling for me. I'm just loving it. So I'm so excited to be here with you today to do some more coaching in a more indirect way, and that's on the podcast. And the podcast to me is basically an outcropping of the coaching. I love the coaching one-on-one, and I like seeing people face-to-face, but I get excited doing these podcasts as well because I can kind of feel you out there listening to me. And that sounds kind of weird, but I just feel like we're talking to each other face to face. So this is really fun for me. And I hope you're having fun too listening to the podcast. Today, I didn't have to go to work. And so I did some coaching in the morning. I got ready and went to a manager's meeting, and that was super fun for lunch. I met a bunch of local veterinarians. Most of them are hospital owners, and we've been meeting for years, but this group gets together and talks about different practice management techniques, things we talk about, issues around um, the veterinary practices. We talk about things like 401ks and how we make our practices better for our employees and our team members. And so today we met at a restaurant and I hadn't been there in quite a few months because I've been busy trying to get my practice settled and get this podcast on board and all the things, you know, we get busy. But I was able to join this group today and it was really fun. These people are smart veterinarians. A lot of them have a lot of experience. These people are from all stages in their careers, all the way from very young veterinarians that have just started to get into buying their practice and running their practice, all the way up to people that are retired or getting ready to retire. So it's a great group of people to sit down with and talk about the issues that we find ourselves in when we are practicing veterinarians. And I know all of you out there aren't veterinarians, but you're listening to this podcast because you have interest in the veterinary profession in some way, I'm assuming. So this group of people is very knowledgeable and it was exciting to be there. I caught up with a couple of friends of mine and saw some people that I hadn't seen in several months. So it was really a good time. 
And then I had to shovel snow, which unfortunately we have a little snow outside, but it was kind of slushy and heavy because it's trying to melt, which is good. So I shoveled a little snow. I went to the grocery store. I went to the antique and craft mall in our neighborhood, which I love to walk around there. And so I just spent the day doing some things. And now I am recording a podcast with you. So how much fun is that? I'm excited, as you can tell. So as I was thinking about the podcast this week, I kept coming back to the subject of self-doubt. And I know on the very first podcast that I recorded about a year ago, actually, it's been just about a year that I've been on the podcast, and I'm really excited about that, that I've been able to keep this up for a year. But my first episode was on self-doubt. And so I went back and listened to it, and I'm very stiff and kind of dry on the podcast because it was my very first one, and I was nervous. And so I listened to it, and there's some great information on it, but I thought I would talk about self-doubt again because it's been a year and I've learned some things. I'm a little bit better at presenting material, I hope, and I thought I could make it a little bit more interesting and bring you some new information on self-doubt. So let's get started talking about this heavy subject of self-doubt. So self-doubt is a lack of confidence in yourself and your abilities. It's also that little voice in your head that holds you back, that doesn't want you to step out of your comfort zone. It doesn't want you to seize the day. It doesn't want you to take opportunities. So that is that self-doubt part of your brain. It's your primitive brain trying to protect you from the outside world. It's trying to keep you from getting hurt. It's trying to keep you from stepping out in front of that bus that you're thinking about stepping in front of. And so it's that little voice in your head, that self-doubt, that creates the anxiety that you feel before you do anything in your daily life. A lot of us have that. We go to work. We have these little voices in our head that tell us we're not capable, we're not good enough, we don't have the abilities to do all the things we're supposed to do in a day. And when you work in the veterinary profession, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with the role. Our role as a veterinarian is to advise clients and try to help them make decisions. And sometimes that feels super heavy. And that heaviness, that responsibility can lead to a lot of self-doubt because the responsibility feels important to our brain and therefore our brain reacts negatively to try to protect us from things that could go wrong when making these decisions. And so a lot of our self-doubt comes from the responsibility that we have as a veterinarian because these are life and death decisions sometimes and these are people's children or surrogate children they see them as their little fur babies and so when somebody's calling their cat a fur baby and you are faced with the responsibility of making decisions or at least guiding them through the decisions for that pet, it's heavy and your brain feels it. And that is where a lot of our self-doubt comes from. So that lack of confidence in ourselves 
revolves around the heaviness of our job in a lot of respects. So it's natural that we are going to have some self-doubt because our brain is trying to protect us from making a mistake and causing these people to be upset or causing something to happen with this fur baby. And I don't really love the fur baby term, but a lot of people are using it right now. And it just makes our job that much harder. So the self-doubt is that little voice. And it's very, very persuasive. It can seem so real and so true that we actually can get anxiety attacks before we go into a room or when trying to make a decision. And so it's something that we struggle with in this profession quite often. And that's why it's such an important subject for us to talk about. This self-doubt, besides causing anxiety for us at work, can also keep us from seizing opportunities that come our way. And that doesn't necessarily mean at work. It can also mean in your home life that you might avoid taking an opportunity because you don't feel confident or you don't feel capable. So that little part of your brain that brings up self-doubt is really holding you back from creating the either the dream job that you want or creating some big life goal that you want to create, the business that you want to create. Self-doubt can really get in your way. So it makes getting started with something new, it makes finishing things much harder than they really need to be. There's usefulness in the self-doubt because sometimes self-doubt will hold you back from making a mistake. So sometimes your brain is right. You will start to make a decision. You'll decide to do something kind of stupid maybe, like spend money you shouldn't spend or something like that. And then you'll get that little feeling of self-doubt. And sometimes it'll save you. Sometimes you'll have a dumb idea or you'll, you're, or you'll be getting ready to do something that isn't the brightest. And your little brain will kick in and say, um, I don't know that you're capable of doing this. And sometimes it'll save you. So it's not 100% useless to have self-doubt. But what we need to learn to do is notice it when it comes up and then decide on purpose whether it's valid or not. Because many times that self-doubt is not useful. It's not important. It's holding you back. Most of the time, it will hold you back. The only time it's useful is if you have a stupid, half-baked idea that you want to do something dumb and your brain says, um, I don't think so. I don't think you should be doing that or trying that. So sometimes it does save you. So self-doubt isn't always 100% bad, but most of the time I would argue that it is. So now that we understand where it comes from, it comes from our primitive brain, it comes from our past sometimes when we've had a bad experience in the past and we're afraid to try again. So failures, it comes from past failures in that emotional memory part of your brain that brings up all the negativity that happened in your past. So sometimes self-doubt will come from there. And if we can understand that, understand where it comes from, then we can learn to control it and we can learn to step away from it because we're not going to be able to stop it completely from happening 
because it's that automatic primitive brain talking to us, but we can learn to notice it and then not listen to it or notice it and then act anyway, regardless of the fact that we have a little bit of doubt. So the first step is noticing it and understanding where it comes from. One of the reasons that we suffer from self-doubt is not only that primitive brain, another reason is that we get stuck comparing ourselves to other people. We compare ourselves to the other veterinarians that we work with or vets that we've seen on TV or that we kind of know by association, and we assume that they're all smarter than we are. We assume that they all do a better job than we do, but we really don't know this. We're not in the exam room with all the other veterinarians, and there's no grading scale. So we have to learn to not compare ourselves to other people. Many times, the things that we're comparing ourselves to are unrealistic. They're the highlights of someone else's life. And we see this so much on social media. Everybody puts on their highlight reel. This is the best thing that happened to me. I'm having the best day. Look at all these accomplishments I've accomplished. And very few people put their failures on social media. And so we have a tendency to think that everybody knows better than we know. Everybody does things better than we do. And it's simply not true. So we have to get unstuck from comparing ourselves to others. So the better way to go about it is start comparing yourself to yourself. Because really, yourself is the only person that you can ever be in competition with. It doesn't mean that you can't strive for greatness. It doesn't mean that you can't see another person and say, I want to be like the image that that person is portraying. But realize a lot of times it's an image. Even if they're super successful, they've struggled very long and very hard to get there. So comparing yourself to where that person is now while you're on the journey that they've already taken is not useful. A better way is to look at what you've done in the past and try to better yourself and see the steps of success that you've made to this point and then start to build on those. So instead of comparing yourself to someone else and their past and even their present, start comparing yourself to yourself and look at how far you've come and the things that you've overcome in your life because we all have things that we've overcome. We've all struggled and we've all had failures. So if you can start to remember that, that will go a long way into overcoming some of the self-doubt that you feel. Think of your growth as a human. How have you grown? That's way more important than comparing yourself to someone else. Another way that you can overcome self-doubt when you notice it in your brain is don't let your brain spin. Because what will happen is one thought will come up of self-doubt and you'll believe it and it'll start to snowball into two or three or four thoughts that build upon each other. And eventually you've got this stream of all these terrible thoughts about yourself. You will just have this brain that's running rampant over you. Your mind will be saying negative thing after negative thing. And I call that the chihuahua brain. 
that negative, scared, ugly little chihuahua will be biting at you and screaming at you. And what you need to do in that moment is just say to yourself, stop, stop it. We are not going there, brain. We are stopping. You need to disrupt that thought pattern or that spin that you're in because that self-doubt will overtake you. And if you notice it and you understand where it's coming from, it's coming from that chihuahua negative brain of yours, you can stop it. You can say, oh no, primitive brain, I'm not going there today. I am not listening to the negativity. So tell your brain to stop and then be real about it. Ask yourself, why am I doubting myself in this particular situation? What has happened to me in the past that's making me fear what is in front of me right now? And what will happen if I just push forward and go through this? What will happen if I just grab that record and walk into the exam room and just do the very best job that I can? No matter how scared I am, no matter how doubtful I am, what would happen if I just moved on? Because if we realize that all the self-doubts in your head are just thoughts, they are not really things that can do damage to you. They're just your thoughts. And you can understand that. Then you can move to get through it and over it. And you will push a little bit out of that comfort zone. And each little step you take in pushing through your own doubt and taking action in spite of it and understanding where it's coming from Each small step is going to build on itself and you are going to gain more and more self-confidence because you are able to deal with that little negative voice that's doubting you. So you're probably thinking now, all right, Julie, I know it sounds super easy. Just change my thoughts. Don't doubt yourself. Understand your brain. I, I get this because I think the same things all the time. When my brain starts to bring up self-doubt, it's a struggle because your brain is really powerful. But what you have to remember is that your brain is really powerful. And so if you can get a handle on it, if you can start to act in spite of the way you feel and think, then you are going to start to take control of that brain. So when it gets really hard, when it's not so easy to push through, When you're really struggling with all these feelings and lack of confidence and self-doubt and wondering about about your abilities when it gets really, really tough, what can you do to work your way out of it? And I think one of the really important things that you can do is just examine the thoughts that you're having. And I've talked about thought downloading before on the podcast, I believe, but Just taking a look at the thoughts that you're having will really, really help. So if you can take about five minutes and just write down all the reasons your brain is telling you that you have doubt or that you don't have self-confidence. So if you can write things down like, I failed at this before. I'm not very good at this. The, The thing that I struggle with the most in practice is feline dentals. And I've probably talked about this before on the podcast because all of my team knows that I hate cat dentals. And the reason I hate them is because I have self-doubt around them. I don't enjoy 
struggling with my primitive brain telling me that I don't know how to pull cat teeth and I don't know how to make decisions about resorptive lesions. And the fact is that I really do. I've taken CE classes. I've done all this work around it. I've really learned a lot about feline dentals, and I've done it purposefully to help me get over this area of self-doubt that I have. But that doesn't mean that when somebody schedules me a cat dental, my brain's not going to go there. It does. And so if I know that I have a cat dental coming in tomorrow, what I will oftentimes do is sit, sit down in the morning before I go to work, and I'll write down all the negative thoughts I have about that surgery. Because if I can get those thoughts out on paper, they aren't as scary. They don't seem as real because I can read them and understand them for what they really are. They're my brain lying to me about the fact that I'm incompetent. And I'm not. I'm not an incompetent veterinarian. But our brain is tricky and it wants to fool us into thinking that we are incompetent. So the first thing I would encourage you to do when you're feeling self-doubt is write down all the thoughts you're having about it. So do a thought download. And a thought download is meant to be done without judgment. Every single thought in your head, doesn't matter how weird it sounds or looks on paper, and just in five minutes. It doesn't have to be a long exercise. So when I'm doing a thought download about a cat dental, it'll be things like, What if there's 20 teeth that need to be extracted? And what if it's got tons of resorptive lesions? And what if it's got terrible stomatitis? And what if the jaw is really fragile and I might break the jaw? And all these things you think about when self-doubt comes up. But if I write them down and I look at them, then I have answers. I can think of answers with my higher brain. If the jaw is fragile and there's a tooth that I don't feel competent to remove, There are dental specialists that I can refer to. I don't have to do it myself. That thought makes me feel more confident about my abilities because I have the option to opt out of a certain procedure if I don't feel like I have the competence. So I can be confident and still perhaps not be competent in a certain area without feeling self-doubt. Because if I have realistic expectations about myself, then I can be confident in my abilities. And if a situation gets beyond my abilities, then I know people that all they do is cat dentals and I can send them to these people. I don't have to do it myself. Because I'm super competent at drawing blood on birds and I don't expect every veterinarian to be able to do that. So why do I expect myself to be perfect at everything else? I shouldn't, and therefore I don't. So when I do these thought downloads, I can see my brain and I can make sense out of it, and then I can make decisions on purpose to overcome my own self-doubt. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Just bringing the thoughts out into the light makes them less scary. It's super powerful. The other thing you can do if you're not into thought downloading is just talk to somebody about it. Say the things out loud that you're thinking about yourself. Not in that woe is me, self-deprecating way that people can, you know, just sit there and say, oh, I'm so bad and I'm so terrible. I don't mean that. I don't mean complaining about yourself. I mean talking to somebody 
that understands your position in life, whatever your job is, talk to somebody else that can relate. Because every veterinarian, every veterinary technician, every veterinary receptionist, every human really can relate to thoughts of self-doubt. So if you can get them out by talking about them, then they are going to be less scary as well, just like the thought download. Because your brain has the ability to distort things and exaggerate things and make them very difficult for you. And so talking to someone else that's not in that stressful position that you're in can really help. And I do this all the time in practice with my other associate veterinarians. If I have a case that's confusing me and I'm, I'm having thoughts of self-doubt about it, I just run the case by someone else. And most of the time when I explain the case to them, They'll come up with the same ideas that I came up with, but they'll confirm the fact that I'm thinking correctly and therefore help me alleviate some of the self-doubt that I'm having. So as long as I don't feel stupid, if I didn't think of all the greatest ideas, as long as I'm confident in the fact that I am an intelligent person, asking someone else or talking to somebody else about it is very, very helpful. Just getting them out of your head is what's important. Another way that we can overcome self-doubt if it's something that we're really struggling with is to start keeping a journal. And what I mean by that is writing down not only your doubts, but also your successes. Because we have a tendency to remember all the negative things that happened in our life, but we really have a hard time remembering the positives. We have a hard time giving ourselves credit for the things that we do well and the things that we have done well. Because when I bring up my my self-doubt around feline dentistry, I have done hundreds of feline dentistries. And I don't think I've done too many poorly. Maybe I've done a few. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've done things wrong. But there are many, many cats that I've done dentals on that have been fine. It's gone fine. I've made the right decisions, I've extracted the perfect teeth, I've done it well, I've done it quickly. So if I can remember those successes when the self-doubt creeps in, that's going to help me so much. And having those written down for yourself is going to help you remember them. So anytime you've overcome an obstacle, anytime you've had a big success, write it down and save the little thank you notes from the clients. Save the compliments from your team members or other veterinarians that you work with or other people that you work with. If someone gives you a compliment, write it down so you can remember it. Keep a little journal of your own successes. And it might feel weird. It might feel like you're trying to toot your own horn or pat yourself on the back. But that's a really important thing to do. We need to celebrate our successes. We need to remember the things that we do well. And getting things written down, whether they're successes or negative thoughts, getting things out of your head is going to help you create clarity because becoming clear on the reality of the situation is half the battle because most of our self-doubts are unrealistic. Most of them are fears that are unnecessary. Most of the time, they're trumped up in our head They're bigger than they need to be because of some terrible negative situation we had in the past. 
you could have one really, really bad surgery 15 years ago, and you'll still remember it. And so every time you're faced with that same situation again, you're going to experience all these feelings of self-doubt. But in reality, you've had one negative experience and probably tens and twenties and hundreds of positive experiences. And those are the ones you need to remember in order to be clear about the truth. Because the truth is that you may have had one really negative experience and 50 positives. And if you can get that out on paper or in your journal or to a friend, you can start to see that for what it really is. And that's going to create some clarity for you. And the last tip I have for you about self-doubt is to remember that people really don't care that much about what you say or what you do. And I know that sounds really crazy, but we worry so much about what other people think about us, what other people think about what we're wearing, what other people think about our hair, what other people think about what we say. And we put all this power in other people's thoughts. And the truth is that most people don't really think about us at all. Most people are so self-centered and so worried about what they're doing and what they're thinking that they have no worries about you. They don't really care. People are really self-centered. They don't care about you, which is kind of crazy, right? It's kind of sad. It's a sad thing to say. And I don't mean they don't care about you and they don't love you way and they don't have your best interest in their thoughts. But what I mean is they don't hold on to every little thing that you say. You say something stupid. If I make a mistake on the podcast and I'm listening back to it and I say, oh, that didn't make any sense. What I just said there was kind of not right. Even right now, I'm struggling with how to put these words. And I'll stew on that and I'll worry about it. And I'll be like, maybe I should redo this podcast because I stumbled over my words. But the truth is that you're listening to me because you might get some good information. But if I stumble over my words a little bit, you're going to just move on. You're not going to hang on to that. You're not going to beat me up about it. And so me sitting around stewing about it is wasted energy. People are so busy worrying about their own lives, worrying about their kids, their jobs, their own pets, the things that they have to do. They've got this big laundry list in their brain. So a little mistake that you or I make, a little fumble over our words, really isn't going to mean anything to them. And we sit around and we worry about it. We spend our precious moments worrying about someone criticizing us, a bad review that we read about ourselves, and it brings up self-doubt. But if someone gives you a bad review, or somebody criticizes you, or I make a mistake on the podcast and one of you gets upset about it, what I need to remember and what you need to remember when we're trying to come over these thoughts of self-doubt are that that person that's criticizing us or that person that's reviewing us has many, many problems of their own, many negative thoughts of their own. And a lot of times, the reason they're criticizing us is because they're seeing something in their self that they don't like, or they're experiencing something in their life that's difficult. 
And because they're in a difficult situation, they might lash out at us. But it's not personal. It doesn't have anything to do with us. It has everything to do with them. So if you can remember to not worry about what other people think or say, because half the time you don't know what they're thinking and you're still worried about it, which is really absurd, right? If you can stop worrying about that or let it go and put it back on that person, you are going to be able to overcome a lot of self-doubt. Oh, one more thing I want to say. I know I said the last thing was the last thing, but I want to say one more thing about this self-doubt. A lot of our self-doubt comes from our past failure, and I kind of said that earlier in the podcast, but I want you to remember that failure is a step. Failure is a step to success. And so rather than looking at the past failures and the past negativity that you've had and letting that add to your own self-doubt, remember that it's a step and ask yourself, what can I learn from my past failure? What can I learn from that past setback? So instead of beating yourself up about it, use it to create confidence for yourself instead of self-doubt. And if there's something you're struggling with, like I struggle with cat dentals, then get yourself some education around it. And that's what I've been trying to do. Get better skills. Because if you're competent at something, you are going to have more self-confidence and less self-doubt. So if it's a competency that you need to develop, put some energy into that. Put some time into it. And don't beat yourself up when it isn't going as fast as you think it should go. So just remember when that self-doubt comes up in any situation, and you know it will because it's a human thing, tell your brain to stop, look at your thoughts, realize where they're coming from, understand why they are there, write them down, talk them out, don't compare yourself to other people, keep a positivity journal or a success journal, that will really help. And be realistic. Understand that you've overcome many obstacles and you're super talented and that's real. And if people do criticize you, it's not about you. It's usually about them struggling with their own self-doubt, struggling with their own self-confidence. And don't forget that failure is the path to success. And remember, if you're really struggling reach out for help. Reach out to a coach, a therapist. We're all here. We're all in the same boat. We all need to support each other. Don't struggle in silence. There's so many beautiful things about this profession that I want us to embrace and love. Thanks so much for listening to me today. I appreciate it. I hope you're having a great week. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please go to iTunes or Spotify and leave me a five-star review. The more reviews I can get, the better I can get the word out there to the rest of the profession, and we can all support each other better. So I'd really appreciate your reviews. I would also love to hear from you with suggestions of what I can do on the podcast. I've got some really great things coming up. I've got some veterinarians lined up to do interviews with on the podcast. I've got the technician interviews that I keep saying I'm going to do, but we're definitely going to get that done sometime in the next couple of weeks. And so I will have a group of my own technicians on the podcast. I'm really excited about that. 
But if you have any ideas, reach out. I'd love to hear them. Also go to my website and sign up for my weekly words of support. It's a weekly little tiny blog that I send in an email. And it's basically just little tiny tiny mini suggestions for you to think positively and change your life. So go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com and sign up for those weekly words. I'd love for you to be on my email list so we can talk. Thanks so much for listening today, my friends. I really appreciate it. I hope you're having a beautiful week. I hope you're somewhere warm and cozy. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.